Hi, Wildlings. This is Esther. And this week, Holly and I need to forgo the episode because our deadline for our book has been unexpectedly moved up by a few weeks. So we need to spend the time that we would normally spend recording to edit the book and make sure that we get it in on deadline just so you all can have it by our projected date of September 2021. So we thank you so much for understanding and supporting us. And instead, this week, we're going to be releasing the first episode of our charm series that we've been running on Patreon. Holly and I are really enjoying these episodes. So we hope that you'll have a fun time with us by listening to the episodes. We love you so much and we will see you next week. Bye. Shall we introduce our new podcast within a podcast? I know. I feel like we should like have like a, a new theme song almost. Like a <laughs> chime, 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 chime. <laughs> well, that's it now. <laughs> That's what cracked me up so much from the get-go was the fact that the opening credits were so pinnacle 90s. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so Esther and I are creating a podcast within a podcast for our Patreon supporters. Uh, (laughs) They might end up going on to the main feed if we ever need like a stopgap episode like we should have had for last week. <laughs> True. We'll see. Uh, but we're creating a podcast within a podcast because neither of us have ever seen the TV show Charmed. No. Uh, which is kind of bananas because usually the reason that Esther hasn't seen something is because she was raised in a cult <laughs> that didn't mm. allow for shows like this. And I just think that maybe I was just a little bit too young. Like season one came out in 1998. Uh And so I was 11 and I just wasn't really watching dramas at 11. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was 12 because I was the thing is like I remembered like everyone's like, like, what was that one like first thing that you remember? Oh, it's not like 9-11, but it's something like nine, like a big like event. Like yeah. A nat- yeah. Like a natural thing happened. And I was like the 96 bombing in Atlanta because, of course, like I live near Atlanta. Yeah, totally. Like right almost right there. And so and I was like, wait, I totally thought I was like seven years old. No, Esther, you were like 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just it's, it's so like this show being like 98, me being 12, like this would not have even been on my radar. To no, definitely all. not. Definitely not. So I like we when the second series, I guess they like rebooted it. And I watched the first episode of that and was like, I just don't know. This seems a little bit cheesy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we Esther and I were talking about what we could do on Patreon to sort of like, you know, increase what we're doing because the right. last like four months have been uh not a lot going on on patreon so we appreciate you sticking with us through this weird ass pandemic <laughs> and month period. work stress and everything yeah. going on um but anyway so in order to kind of like prevent us from having to always 
worry about what we were going to do next on Patreon, we thought it would be fun to kind of like start this podcast within a podcast just for our Patreon supporters. Yeah. And so, walking through Charmed, which is a little bit witchy, a little bit like 90s camp. Yeah. A little bit like nostalgia coming back because like we both have watched other WB TV shows. So we're I don't kind of think familiar they with- have. Really? You didn't watch like Angel? No. Or really much of Buffy? Oh, no, I watched Buffy, but only on DVD box sets. Like I never watched well, it when it was happening. Oh, and then. Was that on course, WB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh. think so. Well, it was okay. It was before WB was WB. I think it was right, like but UPN. whatever it was before, yeah, whatever it was, and stuff like that. And I watched like Roswell was my first introduction. Oh yeah, to, I've like, never seen EPN Roswell. Shows. I've seen yeah. like three episodes of Roswell. Yeah, so it's just like that level of like fun camp, but also like a monster of the week. Because I'm curious whether like Charmed is like a monster of the week thing, kind of like Supernatural and Angel. Yeah, or, or if it's gonna be like a continual like theme of like. Whatever we're going through. Yeah, I feel fine. like it'll be Buffy-esque where like there's always a big bad, but then also mm-hmm. individual crises every episode. Right. It is really interesting because like, I'm sorry, because I don't want Esther to have to edit this, but also my <laughs> sinuses are going crazy. Um, It's interesting because like I, we intentionally didn't like search out too much information about the show before we watched it because uh, we you know, it seems like there's such a sort of fandom around it that like getting mm-hmm. sucked into like how people feel about all of these humans would be like, a, like kind of more than we wanted to do. Like we want it to be our reaction to the show. So like, I know that Shannon Doherty recently passed away, right? <laughs> now I'm second guessing it. No, okay. I, I know that she was like, she was an asshole, right? Like she was really like a big jerk. Right. So that's the weird thing is that she doesn't last the whole season, which I only know because we were trying to figure out what the hell the cop's first name is. And on IMDb, <laughs> it says she was only in 67 episodes, which is not great. Oh my God. Yeah. And Shannon Doherty definitely has not died, but I think she has terminal cancer. Why am I talking without looking this up? Why am I doing this to myself? Because <laughs> I didn't Google it before, and now I'm like, in, oh, inaccurate news from Holly. Yeah, Shannon Doherty is not dead. <laughs> Holly trying to remember what's happening with celebrities that she doesn't know anything about based on like one headline six months. We're ago. like live fact, fact checking, so you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, she's still alive. She's an Aries. Uh, but she has stage four cancer. And so our thoughts are with her. But, um, yeah, there's like all of this sort of interpersonal drama that we vaguely know about because I think of the sisters, Uh there are three sisters initially. Somehow something happens where Shannon Doherty leaves the show (laughs) and Rose McGowan comes onto the show. She's Rose McGowan's the one that I feel like I'm most familiar with of all of these people. See, I think I'm more familiar with Alyssa Milano than anybody else. Oh yeah. I guess because Rose McGowan's like, I have a face blindness with Rose McGowan. (laughs) Like I literally (laughs) have seen her so many times, but could not pick her out of a lineup. (laughs) Dude, that's how I felt about every single man in this episode of television that we watched. This is so true. I seriously was like, wait, I have to rewatch the culminating incident like three times to figure right. out which of the brunette, like vaguely know, handsome the, brunette men which, was trying yes. to kill Piper. I know. Because I was like, wait, is this the boyfriend or the chef guy or the or the, police or the dude? museum like, guy or the guy. cop? Like what's happening here? 
And they're all like totally fine looking, great, handsome dudes. They're, they're, I... They would all be looking different if you had them like all in the same room at the same time. But yeah. when it comes to like in different scenes and they're all kind of wearing a vague polo or a sweater yeah. with some khaki pants. <laughs> and it's like out of context because you're like, yes. okay, the first time they interact with each other is in this setting. And then now they're in an elevator or something. I don't right. even know. Right. But yeah, the face blindness was so real with those men. I seriously, Esther was like, are they, are there more than three of them? Is there a fourth guy? What's was, happening was here? Was there like a one, there was, I think there was only one guy that was just masking himself as three different people. That's what I kind of feel like. Cause they all have a similar voice too. Literally you said that. And I had a moment of, oh fuck, maybe that is what's happening. But no, that's not what's happening at all. That's just Esther joking and me being like joking. so self-conscious of my stupid face blindness that I what's happening here no i know seriously i'm just like wait did they get triplets to play these roles is this a fred and george situation i also wonder if maybe it's because they feel so like 1998 like if they were, they were dressed so in modern clothes we would be able to tell them apart or maybe like even different like genre of male clothes it's like they all went to the big and tall store and all bought the same like from the same rack yeah like they, ne- they were all just like white guy that was like semi-professional but casual wearing gap time. basically yeah, wearing exactly. gap it's the yeah. same as like ross like ross yes. and chandler's outfits are what these guys are wearing yes but, but ross I- and chandler are sh- like different heights so you could yeah exactly and they have slightly different brunette hair colors yeah exactly <laughs> But I also was thinking yesterday when I was writing um, a chapter of our book, I was realizing like one of the things is that in mainstream 90s or 80s, mm-hmm. uh, well, the deck I was talking about was published in the 80s, um, but in mainstream like 80s and 90s and whatever, because there wasn't access to the internet, there was like a very established mainstream and then a ton of alternative things, but like people would be like, Ooh, you're goth. What a freak or whatever. Like yeah, even yeah, in yeah. this, like the, the cop is talking about how they keep killing witches and his boss is like, they keep killing women. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just like, <laughs> there's not sort of like a, like as much of a plur, plur, bleh, plur, plur, bleh, bleh, bleh. what am I trying to say? I Proliferation. Like Got it. Okay. Nailed, Nailed it. Uh, of like sort of the mainstreaming of alt cultures. Like maybe yeah. now people can be like a little bit goth, a little bit grungy, a little bit punk, a little bit preppy, a little bit whatever, anything outside of the mainstream. There isn't as much of like an established mainstream look the way that mm-hmm. like this, all of them are wearing the same exact shit. And they're wearing yeah. the same exact shit that every single show in 1998 had people yeah. wearing. And like, so I'm I think pretty sure like David Borneo could have like put gone into this charm. Did you like, just call place. David Boreanaz David Borneo? <laughs> yeah, so I've always said his name, David Borneo. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what his last name is, but I've always just said David Borneo. <laughs> because you just read it. So yeah, like, totally. I, I think it's David Boreanaz. I don't okay, know. Maybe David Boreanos. Bor- Bor- okay. The <laughs> But like he, you could have put like put him as like Angel season one into this TV yeah. show and he would have fit that, that perfectly. No, but like, Angel season one. I mean, Angel from Buffy is so Buffy, much more right. of like a leather jacket wearer. And all yeah, these yeah. guys are like just, you know, like tan I think slicker his face, wearers. Like his face, like where it was very like meaty, tall guys like this first episode. <laughs> Are you describing my type right now? Tall, meaty guys? <laughs> anyway, should we talk about the show? Like, actually, actual, the actual plot? episode. Okay, yes. We should, we should talk about the actual episode. Just, I guess, all of this is to say if we get which dude is doing what wrong, it's because we can't tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
true. This is so true. And it wasn't until like literally right before we started recording when I realized that I didn't know the cop's first name that we even looked up to see how many episodes of the show people were yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I only remembered his name. I no, don't know anyone else's name. I have no idea why I remember, specifically remembered his name beyond anyone else's. I but wrote re- down, I wrote down names, but I also okay. wrote down character names rather than actor names for the sisters because I didn't want it to be like, Holly Marie Combs and whatever. Right. Like, I just wanted to try to like, let my brain get into the characters. So that's the other thing okay. is that if these men or any of these people are wildly problematic now, we don't know. We have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, except like, for the dad from seventh heaven. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> oh my God. Because it was heartbreaking. I actually, yeah. was that on CW or on the yes, WB? That was on UPS. Yeah. Yeah. That was on UP. That started on UPN and was like, I'm pretty sure it was. I watched a lot of that, which is so funny because it's like such a turnoff now for shows to be that moralizing. <laughs> but I think it was the but even oldest then they brother. Were like super liberal, like they were super liberal. That's true. They were from- very about like loving each other and treating each other kindly and stuff like that. <laughs> I guess I yeah. have seen a couple of like WB CW shows. shows I just don't yeah. think of them that way because a lot of it was on DVD or reruns. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we start off with, like, the only blonde woman in the entire show doing a spell in her uh, living room and being stabbed, basically. Yes. Spoiler alert. She's, like, the I was like, yes, we start off with a murder. This is my kind of TV show. (laughs) Like, I was like, we're going to have detective witches, you guys. I know. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. I really want Andy and everyone to gang together to, like, solve crimes. But Andy... As we just found out via IMDb is not in that many episodes. <laughs> so there goes my aspirations for like a, like a witch crime drama. Yeah, exactly. But I do really, I like that idea a lot too. But anyway, so she gets stabbed by a guy, like a cloaked figure uh, with a knife. And later when the cops are there, there's like this whole moment where Andy's like, was she stabbed with an anth? Anthame. What, how does he pronounce it? Anthame. 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 That's another word that I just like say out loud. Never. Anthame. (laughs) Anthame makes sense. Can we talk about the way she said her spells? Like when she was doing like her enchantment over her table, like before the guy stabbed her, she was like, it was like very rhyming. Like, (laughs) It was only rhyming, but it was very, like, monotone. Like, usually yeah. when you hear, like, groups of people doing things, it's not like, you know, they're just, like, saying, like, you know, row, row, row your boat gently <laughs> down the stream. She was like, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And I was like, what? It's never be ever. more it was, spooky. <laughs> it was ridiculous because I was like. What? No one yeah. in their entire life and any witch has never said anything like has that. Has been that monotonous. Well, exactly. and then there's also a moment later where Phoebe is like reading from a book, like from a book of shadows and she's reading an incantation out loud alone in the attic. And I'm like, girlfriend, no. your grandma is a witch and you don't know that you're not supposed to read books that you just found out loud. Like read through it in your head, girl. Jesus Christ. At first, like glance over it a couple times and then read it out loud. <laughs> yeah. like, to make sure you're not summoning a demon or something. Seriously, so. <laughs> like get a grip. But anyway, so uh, this woman gets stabbed and that's like the cold open. We're like in it with a murder immediately. Um <laughs> 
you're like so excited about it. Uh, okay, so then um, it cuts to like the actual sisters and Piper, who's the middle sister, is like getting home to meet with an electrician. And it just like does all because it's the, the first episode. It's all of these like characterization establishment things that are happening, especially at the beginning. Like Piper is like a really hard worker. She wants to be a chef and Prue is like really uptight and responsible, but like kind of a bitch and like a little bit mean. Um, But when Piper gets home, her boyfriend, Jeremy has sent a uh, flowers and a bottle of port with the port being supposed to be like an ingredient in her chef audition which I didn't realize that a chef audition was a thing, or is that what it's actually called? Like, I know that chefs have to get hired somehow, but audition seemed like a weird yeah, framework like for that. Yeah, like the wrong, like, word for that. Like, I have a cousin who he's, like, going, he's graduated from culinary school, and he's, like, getting employed at, like, pretty good restaurants in his area. But I've never heard my aunt refer to it as a audition. audition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and also I was just thinking, like, it's so 90s for a one bottle of port to be the thing that makes your entire recipe better. Cause, yeah, because, like, because like, we find out later, like, when she uses it, she just basically, like, pours the dabs port on the chicken. <laughs> and I'm just like, that doesn't, just give them the shot of it. Like, seriously, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, port wouldn't really be a wine that you'd want to include that. I mean, I guess it, it can be, like, still boiled down and made into a sauce, but... The whole thing about port is that the flavors aren't like as developed because they put in alcohol, really high ABV alcohol to stop the fermentation process. So it's Mm -hmm. not quite the same level. And then it's like oak aged. And so the flavors that you're getting are more about the oak and less about like the wine itself having like gone through. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I was in Portugal in February, but that sounds like. (laughs) 10 years ago now. So I can't even remember, (laughs) but I just was so surprised that like this bottle of port was like, so ended up being so instrumental (laughs) to the, I know I was was like, okay. (laughs) But anyway, the house is having electricity issues and so they're waiting for an electrician and they kind of like mention their youngest sister, Phoebe thinking maybe like she could rent out. Do they all have P names? Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the things that was so confusing to me because I was like, what? So it's Prue, Piper, Prue and Phoebe. Piper. Okay. Prue. Okay. Because I remember Prudence. So Prue and then Piper is not going to remain in my brain. And then <laughs> Phoebe. The last one's not even there. Thank you. <laughs> the last one already escaped. You're like, um. Uh... I do want to have someone from Friends. Okay. I'll think of Phoebe from Friends to try to remember. But yeah. How are you okay. going to remember Piper's name? Piper, no piping. Swiping. That's <laughs> <laughs> the door of the Explorer reference. <laughs> Was it? It's the, the chance is like swiper, no swiping, but I said Piper. Piper, no piping. <laughs> Esther. Oh, my it. God. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, and it like kind of comes, well, actually, I guess it doesn't come out later until Phoebe actually is there. But the reason that the sisters have had this falling out is because Roger, whose name does not matter because I don't think he comes up up. again. Yeah, because she quits that job. So I don't even know if it's relevant, but Roger was Prue's uh, fiance. He's also her boss, which Jesus fucking Christ, 90s, like 
people should not be engaged to their bosses. Like, was that not something they were worried about? But anyway, Roger told Prue that Phoebe tried to sleep with him. And so that's why Prue and Phoebe have had this falling out, which again, feels very nineties to me because I feel like in this day and age, they would be like, the sisters are on each other's team. Like they believe yeah, exactly. each other. They're not like yeah. just believing what this guy says, whatever. I know. Especially cause he's like an, a total asshole. Like this whole time, just like, just kick him. Just Phoebe, kick him. Phoebe, Esther. <laughs> I don't know why I just called you Phoebe. I have to confess that when I first saw him in the museum, I was like, Ooh, who's this guy? Like I well, thought he did like, he was he very did look yeah. like the guy from Buffy. The what's his name? Grimes. Nope. The like the the mentor guy from Buffy. Oh, like the Giles, studious one. Yes, Giles. Thank you. I, I He's he looks more like the uh, the watcher that comes in the Faith seasons. The guy who ends up being married to, um, <laughs> I can't keep anyone's name straight. Oh, Allison oh, Hannigan. Wes- yes, Wesley. Wesley from- whatever. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that that yeah. watcher. He kind of yeah, reminded me a little bit of him, but it's probably just yeah. the round fucking glasses and the smug attitude. In, what in is my problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing as I get older that my sexuality does not have any really specific gender that it's appealing to. It's like almost only Capricorns. Like that's what I'm <laughs> going for. Like more so than gender <laughs> or looks. I'm just like I really don't care about like gender or stereotypical stuff. Are you a Capricorn? That's all I, I gotta know. know. If you have like this if you have like largely said Santuri Saturian, there we go. Like yeah. Saturian. Saturian energy, I am attracted to you. Yeah, it's one hundred percent true. <laughs> like it is embarrassing when I realized it, but then I even like Googled uh Capricorn celebrities to like double check. And I was like, yep, my type is Capricorns. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's nice. It really opens things up for me, but also it's like Capricorn stereotypes are just like not very flattering for me to be so into it, but there's the Capricorn moon and rising for you, I guess. Yeah. 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 It works. Yeah. Anyway. So he, um, he comes up later, like they're interacting with each other and his main, contribution is that he basically pulls Prue off of this like art exhibit project that she had worked really hard on at the last minute and then gaslights her later Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, it's because I wanted you to still have a career. And I knew that if you were on this one, it wouldn't go well for you, whatever. And thankfully his comeuppance happens really quickly because a lot of these interactions that they're having are after They've invoked after uh, Phoebe has invoked this spell and given them all magical powers and Prue's magical power is telekinesis. So she like without meaning to in their first interaction makes a pen explode in his pocket. And then in their last interactions almost strangles him with his own tie through (laughs) telekinesis. So it's not like him being a total dick is something that like is washed over like we're all supposed to recognize that he's being a dick and then he also gets punished for it right away which is always satisfying very satisfactory um but anyway we're jumping around a lot but the gist of it is the um sisters end up all together in the same house because phoebe shows up and there's this whole funny thing where it's like uh piper hadn't told prue that phoebe was coming back and then she like she's like what if Phoebe moved back in with us? Like today, maybe. And there seemed to be something like with the house. Okay, I only watched it like one time through because that's all I had time for this week. So like, was it something like with the house that 
maybe Phoebe wanted to, they were like, she was like, you're going to sell the house. We're not going to sell grandma's yeah. house. Like, so that I didn't really discuss that. Yeah. So for some reason, it also seems like Prue thinks that Phoebe wants to sell the house. And the other thing, this is like something that is so like personal grief journey-ish to me because, okay, mm-hmm. it was their grandmother's house. Right. I think their mom's been gone for a much longer time. Like they were raised yes. by their grandmother and by Prue. Um, right. And they, at one point, Prue says like, it's been months since grandma died and we haven't heard hide or hair from you. And I'm like, uh, only months. Like people need some time sometimes. Like yeah. don't be your, your grandmother just recently died and you guys haven't spoken. Like you can't even be like, Hey, I hope you're okay. Thinking right. about you. Like they're just like, and this is before the age of cell phones, like where you can't, like this whole, they had a pay phone that they were using. Yeah. You know, so it's not like, you know, if especially if like a free spirited sort of person, like Phoebe's moving around a lot, you know, you may Check not in. be able to contact, you know, them. And so, yeah. it's, you know, Phoebe's just doing her own thing. So. And a few months just seems like not that long of a period of time between when your grandma dies and when you're like, you know, trying to, I don't know. It, because Especially because if you lost your parental figure and then your fiance said your sister tried to hook up with me and then your sister runs off. Wouldn't you be like, wait, we're like all a family. Should we try to figure out what's going on here rather than just on. trusting yeah. the ex or whatever? Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But there's like simultaneously with the sisters all being together, there's like this whole thing where there's this really beautiful Burlwood mm-hmm. Ouija board. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. The spirit <laughs> Just board? Ouija board. Yeah, spirit <laughs> board. It's so pretty. It has like a live mm-hmm. edge. It's all carved. Yeah. It's burlwood. It's so shiny. And it was a gift from their mother. And Prue like doesn't believe in it. And Phoebe's kind of playing around with it. And it starts spelling out attic. And Piper says that since they moved back into the house, nobody's been able to get into the attic. But obviously Phoebe, who's the, you know, Spitfire is like, we're going into the attic. And so while the other two sisters go down into the basement to try to get the circuit breakers to make the electricity function better, she goes up to the attic and that's when the door opens for her, which I think it is more to do with like all three of them being in the same house. Right. That's why the door can magically be opened again. And so Phoebe goes in, she opens, like, it's like this moment where like there's the a big, chest. <laughs> the chest is like in a bay window. And when she yeah. walks in, suddenly it's like all lit up <laughs> choir of angels style. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so she opens it and finds the book of shadows. And that's when she does this incantation. And it's like sisters. a legit, like giant book of shadows. It's not like Huge. papers. Like it's like legit, like medieval text book. of Yeah. Shadows. Yeah, exactly. Like illuminated medieval text, Book of Shadows. Uh, So she does this incantation and then her sisters show up and she's like, this is our chance. It's a full moon. It's the best time to be doing this. We could be getting our powers today. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I didn't understand her saying that because she was like, we should do this today. And I'm like, but you already did it. So what's the use of you doing it? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Don't read it out loud if you don't want it to be done. Like, come on. You can't then wait till later. So silly. Um, but I think that it was at that point where they talk about like the three tenets of when you should be doing something is like time feeling and And the moon phase and the moon phase. And I love that the inclusion of the feeling thing in there, because that idea of like you having to feel ready to do something Mm -hmm. is really like true to our experiences. So I like that being kind of like incorporated into it since the beginning is so like 
the this is the way that witches are and then having right. that be like a little bit more flexible and adding back in that sort of like self-determination it was cool right yeah yeah but anyway, so alongside this is the police investigating this murder because the Andy, the Andy, Andy, the cute cop that we wish were in the series for longer. Uh, although maybe he is. He's in 24 episodes. They could be spread out over the course of eight That's seasons. True. That's true. Maybe. I just want him to move in because he's adorable. <laughs> but he's like super well versed in Wiccan like beliefs and practices and non-judgmental so he, at all. Not like, judgmental at all. Like he kind of his boss is a little bit jokingly judgmental. Like don't touch that cat. It's been tearing everyone apart. And like how don't go to occultist shops and stuff like that. But they are having this sort of interaction where he you can tell that Andy knows there's like a serial killer or he would say a witch hunter. Um, and the rest of the police just think it's a regular serial killer. Um, and that is important just because like Andy knows what's up. Like he really mm-hmm. sees what the issue is and everyone around him is like, oh, no, they're just killing murderers. And there was also or killing women. Sorry. Yeah. It's <laughs> murdering women. Um, but there was also this interesting moment where the, where Andy's boss is like, you know, being kind of judgmental about people thinking they're witches. And he was like, and Andy said, do you believe that some people believe in UFOs? And mm-hmm. the boss was like, yeah. And he's like, then you have to believe that some people believe they're witches. And I thought that that was kind of a good way to explain it to like truly yeah. asshole skeptics. Like, you could do it with almost anything that's belief-based, like, whatever Mm -hmm. religion or anything. Like, it's kind of the reason that I sometimes feel like, uh, like, a placebo effect for anything that's not, like, actually health-related is fine. Because it's like, if I believe that holding a piece of selenite on my chest makes me feel better, then I'm going to keep doing that. Like, it doesn't really matter if it can be scientifically proven or not. I believe that this helps. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. the same thing with... What, right. what he is trying to express it to his boss as with like witches and stuff. Right. Which I liked. Esther's got some more dogs in her house. I know. Holman's moving <laughs> Holman just got reason. home. <laughs> like, he wants to play on? with his baby dogs. Oh, he's taking a picture of the skulls. He, I'm like, what is it? Let's see pictures. <laughs> crystal skulls. Yes. So anyway, the whole invocation is of like basically from one of their ancestors' spell books. And she, the ancestor had all of the three powers. She had yes. telekinesis. She was able to stop time and she was able to tell the future. And those are the powers that end up being bestowed on the three sisters. And then kind of the rest of the episode is like simultaneously solving this brutal murder and also... them realizing that they now have these powers. Right. right. So the way that they're realizing that they now have these powers is Prue and her interactions with her ex Roger realize that she has telekinetic powers. Um, Piper who's dating a journalist who sort of throughout the whole episode named Jeremy can stop time. So when she was the one who sent her the port, right? Yeah. So he's the one who sent her the port and he's also the journalist. So the journalist Jeremy and Andy have a couple of interactions because they're both sort of like working the case together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Jeremy 
I, it's interesting because I think that they want you to think that the murderer is Roger because he's like kind of a violent guy or Andy because he knows so much about the murder. No, I knew who it was immediately the, because of his face. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you your face is a murderer face. Yeah. Jeremy, you're the murderer. And sure enough, he is. But he he's is. also Piper's boyfriend at the beginning. They met at the hospital, which is like not that great that's, of a place that's, to I was, I was like, I was like, you're the murderer, aren't you? Yeah. You you're like, oh. I've seen enough as SVU episodes to know who the murderer is. <laughs> so, but he's like sort of throughout. Like, I mean, he as the murderer in his hooded uh, jacket or whatever shows like up. It's a raincoat like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a raincoat. He's like outside of their house. He's outside of a lot of place be- places being lurky. Um, but when Piper realizes her power is when she's auditioning to be a chef and she stops time and then she's able to secure the position because she has a chance to like fix the issue that she created of not dunking the chicken into port wine. Um, and the chef is like, Oh, that's some woman's magazine, blah, blah, blah beforehand. And he has this like terrible French accent. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like comically mean. Like why is he such a massage? The misogyny is like comically like, extremely accurate like for what the experience was but also like dumb dumbs doing it you know? yeah it's yeah like- totally and we're like what is happening here um so when she walks out of the chef audition though that's when jeremy's like congratulate can i be the first to congratulate you on your new job so i think that he has like some uh, i mean obviously he has some pretty crazy powers because he isn't easily killed but like the witch hunter component of he also seems to have some sort of like premonitory Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. how did he know that? How did he know that she... Probably listening in with his warlock ears. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, yeah. Um. So, and then Phoebe realizes that what her power is, which is premonition, when she has a premonition of a bunch of kids on bikes uh, getting hit by a car, and she, like, prevents that from happening. Yeah. So then they all sort of understand that they have these powers. And for some reason, now is where my brain can't remember what happens next. So, um, so, so in that there, so Jeremy and Piper in the taxi and he's like, I'm going to show you this really cool place that your sisters will love. And Phoebe is going to think it's so amazing. And she's like, I didn't tell you Phoebe was in town. He's like, well, that's the trick. Ha ha ha. I am going to kill you and take your powers and uh, and the elevator. (laughs) Okay. That's where it was. Cause I was like, how does she realize that he, I, yeah. How does she realize he's evil? Because I must have stopped paying attention for that second. <laughs> it's it's all in dialogue. That's how Yeah, it. exactly. So um, she tries to kill him and she stops time to escape from him, but he's not dead. And the way that they know is that Phoebe has a premonition that he's not actually dead. Yeah. Um, and they did this really cool like spell thing, like with a rose and like a poppet. That oh, was that's right. You know, wait, but it, but I didn't think it was kind of to get rid of the warlockness, but like the love attachmentness. And I, was I know like, anything that has a rose involved with it seems a little bit strange to like just kill the warlock because the red rose that they use would be so symbolic of the relationship ending. Exactly. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy because they have like a physical manifestation of the. So basically, it's a poppet, and then they press the rose thorns through the poppet which also again feels very like like canceling love like cutting right, ties right. with the love but right. anyway then the actual human man jeremy ends up like sprouting all of these thorns and it's very creepy yeah very it was i was like oh uh, that was like the, the one i was like this got way more intense than i, <laughs> I don't like it <laughs> and um, then he shows up at their house 
Yeah, and... exactly. And then he shows up at her house and uh, they blockade themselves in the attic and then start chanting the power of three will set us free, which is kind of like the through line because it's on the back of the spirit board. It's what their mom always told them or whatever. And so mm-hmm. with chanting that and holding the book of shadows, there's like this huge fiery fireball protection wall that keeps them safe. It was, it was kind of weird to me. Cause I was like, is this like a, I, I always call it like do sex with China, like sort of like machina machina like one of those that's yet another thing that we've only ever read but yeah it's like the hand of god it's like the greek tragedy motif of like the hand of god jumping in and resolving because like they didn't like use their individual powers like together like as sisters would like okay i'm gonna stop time and then when i'm stopping time you're gonna do this and then i'm gonna like predict his moves like it wasn't like that it was just them chanting the power of three are we yeah and then external magic tornado and he blows up and i'm like that was not as impactful as i (laughs) i was hoping for more (laughs) unity like i guess (laughs) That's the thing yeah. is that they all, I, well, it's the first episode, so I'm sure that they'll be, like, using their own power specifically to resolve issues. But, like, right. it did feel very, like, they all recognize their own power, at least little inklings of it. And then it yeah. still isn't using those skills. Although I guess it kind of is to protect themselves from him more generally, because the whole mm-hmm. reason that they know, like, like, Piper was able to escape by freezing time, and then Phoebe was able to warn them that he was still alive. Right. And Prue was like, you know, like stopping him and dodging him and whatever, like to get them up the stairs. But it just yeah. felt like the culminative like event of them coming together as sisters. Yeah. Was just them chanting. And I was like, yeah, oh, it wasn't okay, so quite now the for same... every monster that comes, you can chant you can just this chant. Yeah. Die? <laughs> yeah. You know. So. Wow. What a handy trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, so this is it. Okay. It has to be more complicated than that in the future. I'm sure it will be. Maybe he's just a really weak warlock and they didn't realize it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so any, I'm excited to watch the second episode. I almost just watched it last night after finishing the first one. Yeah, I know. This is, it's going to be a hard show for me like not to binge to know what. Yeah. Up. Maybe if I do binge, then I will just watch the like episode that we'll be reviewing for the week, like right before. So I remember like what. Yeah, to that's bring a good up. strategy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with a spoiler. But also, I we I meant to mention this at the very beginning, but one of the other reasons that we chose this show is that it's available for streaming for free through Peacock if you're in the U.S. Um, Esther has found it through another site. Sources, so yes. uh, email or message her specifically if you'd message like access me to if that. You want something. But Peacock is NBC streaming service, and it they they do have a free version and a pay version. But Charmed is on the free version, so yes, you might need to like create an account or whatever. But you, it's like free and available. It is free. Um, and if you have so. a VPN, you can watch it through Peacock as well. Just my VPN was too slow, so <laughs> that, that was my problem today. It was just the VPN was too slow. Yeah, it used to be on Netflix, which I'm actually kind of glad that it's on peacock instead because peacock's free and netflix isn't exactly free. um so but yeah you can watch along with us and let us know if you're into this because we are yeah. we're gonna keep doing it hopefully you like it uh <laughs> and know. we will still be doing other patreon content too but this is just so that there's like sort of an established like set of things that we can do exactly exactly. rather than doing things as they occur to us we can kind of like prepare for something in advance um because we've realized that that's like a huge weak point for us when we both have simultaneous stressors uh it's 
I think that maybe our brains explode a little bit. Yeah. We just can't like think beyond tomorrow. Exactly. And I guess like in pre, because we've been doing this for over two years, but I guess before the last two months, it was always Mm -hmm. one of us or the other one of us who was like going through shit. So it never aligned to the point where like neither of us could like even devote a single ounce of mental energy to anything other than like getting through the day. Yeah. Um, but the last couple months, yeah, 2020 has really changed that. And it's brought to light the fact that we were not planning anything more than three days in advance. Uh, so having this kind of be like a thing will be helpful so that that yes, I think so. a problem. And it's also yeah. fun because the show is great and I'm excited to watch it. I mean, it's because it's, it's like to me, it's like equally parts camp, equally parts witchy and equally parts like nostalgia. So. Yeah, exactly. And this is where we'll insert Esther singing our charmed theme song. Charm, the end. Charm, 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 charm. <laughs> then like insert a tingly bell fading out. Exactly. Tingle bells. 